You're listening to the No Shot Podcast, where we discuss sports, true stories, and mental health. Brought to you by True Victory Apparel, Hillside Productions, and Radio Influence. Let's get after it. Welcome back to the No Shot Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Santarelli, here with my co-host, T-Mike and Chopsticks. What is up, y'all? What's going down, America world? What's popping? We back with the No Shot. And on today's episode, I'm crazy excited to introduce another amazing human being. And we get an opportunity to listen to a story that was filled with adversity, challenges, and things that most people don't necessarily have to deal with to actually live out and experience their dreams. So let's go ahead and introduce them now. There's no point in holding up. Yo, clap it up for Jay and I'll let him explain everything we're rolling through. What an introduction, man. That just... That right there captivated my spirit. I'm so excited to get this thing going. Vibes, vibes. All right. Yeah, I like it. I like Come it. On. So go ahead and send it, brother. Go ahead and let us know where you're from. Tell us about your city, how you grew up, yes, what man. drew you towards basketball, but give everybody your full name first shot. I got you. My full name is Jaden Eric Earl Jenkins. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, ATL, baby. Yes, sir. ATL. Uh, grew up on the south side. Uh, I went to actual school downtown. My mother has a shop down there. She's a hairstylist. Nice. Hey. All right. Um, spent a little bit of time out there, and then I moved to California in eighth grade. Spent a year out there, and then my father moved and got married in Savannah, Georgia. So we moved to Savannah, Georgia, and spent my high school career out there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the bare bones Yo, of where I'm from. Wait, All right. we, we just went from coast to coast. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was quite a move. Yeah, it really was. And, and you know what's crazy? It's like when you're actually living it, it's a totally different, you know, vibe. Like going from the East Coast to the West Coast, like people talk about it, but when you're actually into it, it's genuinely different. Was there like a difference in the atmosphere, like the temperature? Oh, yeah. Dry heat. That's Ooh, the first which thing. Side? Or dry heat in Cali? West, yes. Oh. West. Oh, it's dry heat. Like, as soon as you get there, you hop off the plane, it's just like, wait, am I sweaty or am I hot? Like, I don't know. Oh, Do I need shade? I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about life right now. So, with all that in mind, that hip hopping and jumping back and forth, we landed back in Savannah, Georgia. Yes, sir. So, in Savannah, Georgia, that's where you attended high school. Yes, sir. Yep. So, uh, New Hampshire High School is where I started off at. I was there for my freshman year. Uh, my father felt like, you know, I could get something a little bit better, something a little bit more structured. So, he moved me to a private school, but that's the academy. It's actually in the inner city of Savannah. So, Ooh. New Hampstead is one of the newer schools. It's on the outskirts in Bloomingdale, Georgia. But if you're around there and you ask somebody, they're going to say that Savannah, Georgia, kind of like mm -hmm. in Atlanta, you know, if you're in uh, Hampton, you know, right. the south side of uh, uh, Rockdale, the people out there will still think of you as in Atlanta, Georgia. So, in Savannah, I was in Bloomingdale for my freshman year. My father, like I said, felt like I could get a better uh, bit of structure to kind of help guide my steps, and he moved me to a private school, uh, Bethesda Academy, like I said, in the inner city. And then I was there for my sophomore and junior year. Um, and then going into my senior year, I kind of had a little bump in the road, uh, we can call it, and I had to end up moving back to New Hampshire, and I graduated from New Hampshire. No doubt. So had nice. a little bump in the road, but we got back to it. Yes, sir. Got everything locked in. So we know this podcast is more just than, than just about where you were hopping and jumping back and forth from. Right. Let's jump into the sports. So through high school, I'm sure you probably played multiple sports. Yes, but go ahead and send them. What you got? I played basketball. Of course, that was number one. I played, I played football yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, right. I did strap the pads on for a little bit. Actually, three years out of my four-year career in high school, mm. I ran track. I was a 400. Uh, 1,632, and then I did the high jump. Oh, man. Um, 
So you Think can imagine. <laughs> I, I can get up if I need to. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, but you can imagine. Uh, I was a bit beat after each uh, meet, but oh, it was nothing sure. like, you know, getting there. I was usually as soon as we got there, I was one of the first uh, events, you know, with the 3200. Um, and then right after that, get a, about a couple heats again, and then I would be right back up with the 1600. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two long right. distance running and then. For me to be able to see that translation to the game of basketball, like I'm able to pace myself a lot better than majority of the athletes that I run into because, yeah, they might run track, but they're a sprinter. Sure. So it's these short bursts where me, I'm having to run six, eight laps nonstop consistent oh. speed the entire time and yeah. you Oof. continually see the translation even to that this day. That sounds like re- that really helped you condition. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even to this day, like, I still to this day find myself thanking my younger self for running so, track. Uh, th- this is interesting. Uh, a lot of athletes that I talk to, th- they, they find it really difficult to play a sport that doesn't involve a ball. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, oh so, yeah. Like, was that difficult for you? Well... When I first started, I was a 400 runner, so... 400? I started off as a 400. Oh, that's brutal. Hell 400 yeah. Sprint the entire way. Oh, that's just a death <laughs> sentence, dude. Yeah, so... You just made me tired thinking about it. Hey, trust me, I was very tired when I finished running, uh, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's my world. Dude, yeah, <laughs> you you live in a weird world, and so does Jay. Yeah, I, you know what's crazy? Uh, when my coach brought me out for track practice, originally it was just for conditioning. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't to actually be on the track. And you fell in love with it? Oh, yeah. Like, I ran against somebody who was placing in meets, like third, second place in meets, and mm-hmm. I ran against him in the 400, and I was right there with him the entire time. So, hey. and mind you, this was without training, so I'm like— oh. The track coach was like, oh yeah, what you, are you, you doing? ain't leaving. Yeah, <laughs> literally. He was like, what are you doing? You know you can, play, you can run track. And I was just like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Took me to a meet, and I got to see the camaraderie with the team, and then— just the attention that we would get while we were there is like, you know, what I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing like being at a meet. And we had other athletes that, you know, played sports that required a ball, but they were usually in the jumping events or the sprinting uh-huh. events, like I All said. Right. So I was usually the only one that was a basketball player that would do these other, like, long-distance events. All right. Yeah. That's a whole lot of running, dude. <laughs> I don't know about that for me. Uh-uh. So with that in mind, he ain't lying though. Chop ain't lying. But no, you, you, for real though, you did three different running events at one meet, literally. And we would get there. Let's say the meet started at like one o'clock. My first event would probably so the, be at one thirty. The high heat of the day. Too. The high heat. So you, you're doing this in dry heat? No. So this was actually Wait, in Savannah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. it was so humid. <laughs> it was humid, and makes it worse. It does. <laughs> and I was just about to say there was one key factor that I wish I was still in California when I ran track. Is in Savannah there are sand gnats. And I don't Ooh, know if anybody knows what sand gnats yeah. are, but they bite. The bag. <laughs> so and they're they're like thousands in a pack. Oh. So we would be at the starting line, and I'm seeing just getting. You know, just getting bit up, and I'm just like, yo, can we just blow the gun so I can go? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it. Oh, man. Well, I'm catching the fact that, first and foremost, Jaden, you're ridiculously talented at multiple sports. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around how did hoops grab you? Like, obviously, football, it probably ran in the blood. Track, that's obviously running in the blood. You're running one of the most difficult um, meets and events you can run with the 400. Why hoops, though? Like, it sounded like you could have went to the collegiate level— for any of these sports? Uh, man, it's, 
That would be that would take up the entire portion of this podcast. Hey, we, we got a few about. minutes. Right, we got but a few minutes. As, you know, you pointed out it runs in the blood. Uh, my grandfather actually played NFL football. He played uh, collegiate football at Illinois. Got drafted to Cincinnati. My uncle played at Tennessee State University. Uh, my other uncle was a receiver at Dunwoody High School. He ended up going into the baseball side of things. And, you know, when I genuinely started going to basketball, there was only one person in my family that played basketball. It was my father. So I remember being young. I lived in uh, uh, Plantation, Florida. Yeah, uh, I know about Plantation. Yeah, around Miami okay. area, Broward area. Uh, I stayed with him when I was around six years old. And I just remember my dad taking me to the outside courts. And I just remember the the feelings I would have watching him, you know, come down the court, shoot a three, make the three, go back down on the court, get a steal, come back down, shoot another one. It's just like, whoa, the the quick twitch, you know, of the game, you know, the constant motion of the game. It was very poetic to me. Um, you know, with football, you know, you got to stop. You know, first down, stop. Yeah. Five-yard game, stop. Yeah. Oh, coach calls a timeout. We're on the sideline. Talk about it for a good couple minutes. We're back out there. One possession is done. With track, you run your event and you're done. So most people, are, they're either a long-distance runner or they're a sprinter. So if you're a sprinter, you're usually at the later tail end of the meet. If you're a long-distance runner, you're at the beginning, but you're done. You do that and you're done. For me, with basketball, it's consistent. Mm. Something about that spontaneous action, it captivated me. Like, I had to be there. I just had to play it. I had to get better at it. I had to see it. Then... Shout out to my guy. You know, I can't wait for him to hear this. I'm definitely going to tag him in this. But my freshman year of high school, I met this guy. His name is Arante Anderson. Five foot seven, maybe five six. I don't even know how big. Definitely nowhere near over 160 pounds. Ooh. This kid was averaging mm. over 30 points a game in high school. Wow. <laughs> Imagine pulling up to a game oh. and the smallest guy on the court's the best guy on the court. Just, just, yeah. just cooking, just, just cooking, cooking, just yeah. cooking. And right now, you can actually look up one of the games. Uh, Davion Mitchell, who plays for uh, I can't think of it right, the Kings. He, we played them in high school. Shout and, out Davion wow. on the no wow. shot. Shout out Davion. I know you're listening, so thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, and I was in the stands during that game watching, but man, just being able to sit there and watch that battle. Now, did, did people like underestimate him? Davion? Yeah. Oh, no. They were. I genuinely didn't know about Davion prior to going to that game. Um, I was all about Tay at that point because, mind you, I hadn't seen four or five games of Tay just going crazy. And my best friend at the time hit me up and was like, hey, you coming to this game against Long County, if I'm not mistaken, or Liberty County? That's where he went to high school. Okay. And I was sure. like, and I was like uh, what's so special about this game? He was like, Davion. I'm like, who is Davion? <laughs> he was like, come to the game and find out. So I didn't stay too far pulled up and from the first play of the game I remember he played with Will Richardson who played at Oregon and then he played with Richard LeCount who played in the NFL for the Browns if I'm not mistaken the first play uh, Will throws a lob to Richard he didn't catch it like the way to put it in he comes down with it and throws a backdoor pass to Davion Davion booms it I'm just like okay these are athletes Next possession, Tay goes down, shoots a three. Davion gets the rebound, comes down, drains a three. I'm like, okay, wait, this guy can really go. But don't get me wrong, Tay never backed down from that. And being mm -hmm. able to see this guy being – Davion, I think at the time, was probably around six foot, six foot one, six foot two in that area, but he was big and bulky. Tay being five six, five seven, smaller guy, but still dominating the floor. It was just fun yeah. to watch. And for me, being a freshman at the time, it was like, wait – this is the sport I want to play. Mm. And that wow. brings us to our sponsor. 
True Victory Apparel. If you aren't perfect, this is the perfect brand for you. If you've ever struggled, if you've ever failed, if you've ever been the underdog, if you've ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, this is the perfect brand for you. If you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, then this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans and first responders, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. We're not simply a company, we're a cause. Our purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. Our hope is to one day be the world's most trusted, inspirational, and generous brand. We're dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, we're dedicated to you. That's what it means to be always true. Go hit up TrueVictory.com. That's www.TrueVictory.com to get the dopest merch on the face of the earth. And when you get there, use discount code Aaron Solano. That's A-R-R-O-N-S-O-L-A-N-O at checkout. Aaron Solano at checkout at TrueVictory.com. Thank you to our sponsors. Back to the cast. Send them, Santa. So the the way you're talking about this story, it sounds like it had a major impact on you. So... Uh, like from there, what did you do? How do you get into college and everything like that? I got you. Um, let's see. My freshman year, at that point in time, I, I noticed like I was nowhere near skill-wise where I needed to be in order to get to where I wanted to be. And at that point, I started to see like I genuinely want to take basketball pretty far, as far as I could take it. But in order to get there, I wasn't where I needed to be. So, so these guys inspired you. Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Like before them, don't get me wrong. My father definitely like planted the seed. Yes. And then people like Michael Jordan, obviously that was like fertilizer for the seed. But the actual like sunlight was definitely like Tay, Dewan, Gats, and all of those boys at that school because going into that school, I thought I was going to be him. Sure. You know. Well, um, yeah. let, let's jump in a little bit deeper on Tay because what makes him truly unique, in my opinion, is the fact that you can imagine everyone's assuming this dude ain't, ain't nothing. You're five, six, five, seven. Literally. You're 160 pounds. This man averaged 31? Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. dude. I genuinely want to pull up the numbers on, on, it was on his Twitter. I want to pull it up so that way, you know, I'm not saying the wrong numbers. But, yes, it was it was nowhere near, like, lower than 28 points a game. Mm. Just and that's still inspiring. crazy. Right. How <laughs> inspiring is that? And, and how did that affect you emotionally? And did that put some dog in you? And how that pushed you forward as you continued to grow? Well, for one, I was around the same size. So, mm. for one... If I didn't grow anymore, I knew I could still do something. I knew I could still be good because I'm watching him do it. It's like if this is the the height that the Lord blessed me with, I can make something shake with this because of him. I see it. He's inspira- inspiration for me. Um, and at that point in time, my father could vouch for me. I just started working, literally. I would ask my dad, like, hey, can you wake up 5 o'clock for you, take me to school, take me to the gym? After school, I'm in the driveway. I'm putting in work. Like, literally, I'm going through cones. I remember my father bought me this little finger spacer to get my shot right. Um, Little things like that just started to come. I started to put myself in position to work out with these guys. Tay's at the gym. I'm texting him, like, are you going to the gym? Cool, I'm there. I'm finding a way to get there. If I got to walk, I'll get there. Like, however I need to get there, I'll get there. And Savannah, at the time, we didn't really have a lot of, like— now um, we have this thing I think it's called Get on the Bandwagon. We didn't have things like that on YouTube that you could see. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So it wasn't like I could just go back and watch his film. I had to be in the gym with him. I had to. Mm. So mm -hmm. that right there alone put the fire in my heart. Like, if I want to get better, I have to be in the gym with people who are better than me. That's amazing. Mm. It definitely takes effort and intent to work for what you did. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just trying to put it all together because right now that description, that, that reality, that connectivity, it wasn't because you saw something on TV, you saw something on YouTube, you saw it live. It was right. right in front of you. Right in front of me. Like, and what's crazy is when my father pulled me out of New Hampshire and moved me to the private school, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going from a 6A public school to a 2A private school. Oh, this is nothing. Guess so, who I see in the, in the championship game? Zion Williamson. Hey, hi Zion. Shout out again, Zion. I know you're no saying. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, and mind yeah. you, I'm seeing him like when the blow up is starting. So it's like, okay, this public school, there's this short dude who's just him. I leave here. It's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be good. Now I'm going to this small school. Wait, Zion Williamson's in my conference. Like what? And then, mind you, I'm not even talking about the people at my school. So now we're talking about this kid. I, once again, I pull up this kid. He was probably like five nine. His name is Kirsten Bergsteiner. <laughs> and that's where the dog came from. <laughs> the, mm. the Dig deeper. What we got? The skill came from Tay because Tay, like I said, he was averaging around 30 points a game. But the dog mentality came from Kirsten. Kirsten, it didn't matter what you needed. You needed a rebound, he'll go get it. You needed a bucket, he'll go get it. You needed a defensive stop, he'll go get it. And it don't matter who's in front of him. It never mattered. And constantly I'm picking his brain. Like, what do you think about when you're out there? I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking about, you know, things that matter to me. But you can't take that from me. You can't take the things I've been through from me. So when I step out here, you know, I got a little bit something more than just this is a game for me. And this is him talking to me. I'm a sophomore. He's going into his junior to his senior year, talking to me like this, you know. For me, mentally, it was just like, wait, reality check. So now I know I need to get the skill, seeing people like Tay and Duan. Now I know I need to have that dog in me, too, just seeing people like Kirsten. There was another kid there named Avery, Avery Joyner. And mind you, you can look all this up for the people listening. Yeah. You can look all this up. This kid named Avery Joyner, he was probably like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, he was one of the smoothest players I've ever seen in my life. Wow. He was a lefty. Jumper was very smooth, very square. His handle was smooth. There was no extra movement. Everything was get to the spot, pull up, raise up, and shoot. Hey, and they took us all the way to the championship game. Kirsten, that, Avery, and all those other guys. Well, th that's that's really incredible that these older athletes were taking the time to invest in you. Like they weren't like, ah, you don't know anything. Like, right, right. You know, uh, but they, they were like taking the time to be like, you know, you're going to be playing for this team one day and we aren't going to be here. Right, literally. And, and I remember um, days where I was playing JV at the time. Before my JV game, Kirsten would play one-on-one -on -one with me and give me pointers. That's what's up. Literally. So, yes, they were pouring into me, and it was nothing like having that brotherhood. And maybe it comes from being at an all-boys school. Maybe it comes from being at a school where it's only, like, 100 people in the graduating class, you know. Maybe it comes from that type of atmosphere. I don't know. But literally, yes, they were investing into me. They, they were talking to me. They were giving me tips. They were, after games, telling me, you know, what I could change to be better. Like, even, like, character-based. Like, after games, oh, I posted everything, everything. And I remember one day, KB, that's what we called him, he pulled me to the side and he was just like, hey, man, 
if you give me everything on the plate right here, I have nothing else to expect from you. Hmm. And I was just like, hmm. I was like, wait. He was like, <laughs> if there's nothing else to expect, then I'm, you're defeated. I know everything there is to, to you. Like, if I'm your opponent, I know what to expect from you. I know what not to expect from you. I know how to stop you. If I'm somebody scouting you, once again, I know how to stop you. If I'm just somebody that's looking for a player, there's nothing else to look for. I know what I'm, I know what I'm getting. So mind you, if I need that, then yes, I can get that. But if I need something more, you're not my option. Little things like that. And wow. don't get me wrong, and I'm saying this in a very humble way, I've gotten a lot further than those guys. But if it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't be in this position. I can honestly say that. Yeah. yeah. That's just being real, though. And in the end, the one thing that I love how you're sculpting, and, and often enough with young athletes, it's hard to understand what you're expressing. The process. You're really giving us a clear, identifiable, connective process to where you went out, sought out, they sought you out, saw talent, and you learned them. Yeah. And then you learned how to defeat them. Yes, and then sir. ultimately you, you turn yourself into an absolute superhero. Oh, yes, sir, all the way. And it's crazy because when you talk about that process, like if I can tell my younger self anything, if I could tell any of the younger guys that's listening to this, anything that's so important is trust your process. There's nothing like your process. It's nothing like it. It's unique to you. It's your essence, literally growing over different situations that build your character and build who you are. And just as important as skill is to the game, your character is as well, because your character will keep you afloat. Like your skill will get you to where you want to be, but your character will keep you there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it is to be true, true to yourself. That's that's powerful stuff right there, dude. Oh, man, you know, I'm genuinely just blessed to be a part of this. You know, um, when I first met T-Mike and I saw the true victory on him and when I got around the guys and I saw people talking about true victory, like for me internally, that just felt like me. Yeah. You know, because I genuinely had to go through these ups and downs, these different um, transgressions to find my true victory. And right now I feel like I'm there. That's absolutely phenomenal. You couldn't have said it any better. That's a big shout out for the brand once again. And now we're going to run this into another episode because there's so much more left in your story. But we're going to move on to trivia. It's trivia time. Let's go. Shoot it. Santa. All right. All right. Um, what is the fastest growing sport in the world right now? Right. All right. Now. Right, right now. Uh, four, four options. Okay. Soccer. Spikeball. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> All right. No. All right. So, so, soccer, lacrosse, pickleball, drone racing. Drone racing. It's got to be drone racing drone or pickleball. Racing. Ain't no uh, way it's soccer. Nobody I, likes soccer here. I, uh, I Okay, we're coming back to Team Mike at the end. I'm going pickleball. Pickleball, what's up? All right, wait, wait. wait. All right, all my middle-aged men out there, I'm going with pickleball as well. <laughs> pickleball, pickleball, pickleball. Jay, what'd you, what'd you take? What'd you take? I'm going drone race. I got to go for my young guys. Right. <laughs> it's actually pickleball. Hey! Oh, I'm telling you, there's a pickleball in every in all of those villages areas. <laughs> They're playing it yeah. up. You pull up to any YMCA around 4.30, you're going to see all the old guys play pickleball. Yeah, man, that's what's 
saying? They be taking it seriously. But <laughs> young kids be busting it out with pickleball too nowadays. For those oh, yeah. that don't know pickleball, it's basically tennis with a wiffle ball. And a half little the, court, a, a half the size of the court. Yeah, absolutely love it. So moving on to Jim Pub, moving on to Jim Pub, and we're going to hand it over to Jay here. Jay, I want you to tell the general public the importance of supporting their young athletes as they continue to grow and mature, and ultimately getting that support system to where you can continue to shine. Send it, mm. Mm. man. There's so so many avenues you can go with that, but. For me, the biggest thing is it takes a village to raise, period. If you want somebody to become their best self, they need a village around them. You need people to pour into you. You need people to hold you accountable. You need people that are just in a way better position than you just to give you insight on what you possibly want. You know, you need things like that. You need people. And for younger guys that feel like they have it all figured out, please toss that thought process in the trash you want to be around people that are ahead of you you want to be in the room where you're not the smartest where you're not the best and you will genuinely find yourself over short periods of times having immense growth just based upon the people that you surround yourself with that's absolutely super dope. This has been the No Shot Podcast and is brought to you by True Victory Peril, Peril, Radio Influence, and Hillside Productions. Send us out, Santa. This has been the No Shot Podcast. Go check out the brand at truevictory.com and then go support the cast by rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.